You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist podcast, episode number 133, The Worker Bees of Medicine. (laughs) All right, today y'all, we are going to have some fun. We are going to talk about some really cool stuff. And um, before we dive in, just so you know, this is um, kind of a a topic that came to me in the form of a a couple of listener emails, actually. So um, some of you out there in the big wide world sent me emails separately asking questions and interacting. And I just want you to know out there, like I'm always open to, to new emails, to, to discussing things, to, you know, giving recommendations, you know, people email me all the time, like, do you have any favorite book recommendations? I'm like, heck yeah, let me give you a list. <laughs> um, you know, so, so feel free to reach out, find me on social media, send me an email anytime, Amanda at coach-miles.com. Um, but uh, a couple of the questions kind of tied together and I was just like, you know what, if I answer these, I, I need to answer these for our entire audience out there because everybody will really benefit from this, I think. And so the first of these questions was um, about rest. And um, the listener that wrote in, she she wrote me this. She said, I don't know how to change my thinking when it comes to resting. <laughs> I always feel guilty for resting once I attempt it and end up feeling lazy and like a bad person. So how do I get past this? <laughs> And I want you to know, like, you are so, so, so not alone. Um, so many of us, especially women, okay, maybe maybe men too. I'm not a man. So probably women. Maybe it's just Americans too. Maybe I should just say that. Um, have been conditioned to go, go, go. We have learned from a very young age that we need to be doing something, accomplishing something, achieving something, right? And we've also learned that that we should take care of everybody else before we rest. And there is also some weird connection that we should feel bad if we rest. Like we all have little comments or little thoughts like that sometimes where we're just like, oh my gosh, yeah, I got nothing done this weekend. And now I'm just like so far behind. Like it was just like a terrible thing that we didn't get all kinds of things accomplished over the weekend, right? We don't say, yeah, I had a really restful weekend. It was nice. Now I got to get caught up on some stuff, but I had a good restful weekend. We don't talk about it usually like that. (laughs) So I want you to know that this is like a deep-seated message that you have been um, exposed to likely for a long, long time, right? Um, Maybe that was growing up as a kid. Maybe it was um, once you got to college, you you received that message uh, from someone. Maybe it was in med school or residency, like there's no rest for the weary, right? Um, or there's always work to be done. So as a resident, you don't rest, right? And so I think that just acknowledging that, yeah, I've been told this for however many years of my life, right? Um maybe, maybe 30 years, maybe 40 years, you know, depending on how old you are. Maybe it's, it's most of your life you've been given that message and just having the compassion for yourself to know that you can still unlearn that messaging. You can still rewire what your brain thinks about rest. And typically I'd say, you know, there's a couple ways to, to, you know, rewire our brains. One of those is through strong emotion. So if you imagine like a really positive 
very, very, very strong positive emotion and associate it with rest, like while you rest. Um, maybe that's how you can do that. Sometimes it's hard to generate that on purpose. Um, but the other way is through repetition. So it's practicing, <laughs> right? Just like practicing doing something new creates like muscle memory it's practicing a new neural pathway in your brain. So it's practicing that rest is okay. Rest does not mean I'm a bad person. Rest actually is good for me. Rest is like um, breathing oxygen. I need it as a human, okay? Uh, if you came to the Coffee with Coach, we talked about sleep <laughs> and how much sleep we need and how, yeah, you know, how important that is. But we often think that as OBGYNs, we can go without rest or we can go without sleep and that we do just fine. When in reality, we're still a human. <laughs> we still have that human need, just like we have a human need for oxygen, right? And so, you know, sometimes even just thinking of rest or sleep as a basic human need, um, like oxygen or like water, or like food, we need that. So we need to meet our own needs so we can keep taking care of other people. Okay. I also like to think too, like I am learning to become someone who is good at resting and practicing on the weekends or whenever you have downtime, even if it's just for a few minutes, like allowing yourself to rest or sit on the couch and do nothing and just like see what happens, see what comes up for you and address that in your brain. Like, nope, brain, I'm not lazy, actually. I'm giving my body what it needs. This is a kind and loving thing for my body, okay? You know, kind of fighting that that uh, pre-wired uh, message that your brain is going to offer you up whenever you do that, okay? Know that it's coming. Your brain is going to offer that, and you are going to be ready by saying, actually, brain, this is a really good thing for me, and I'm being a really kind and loving person towards myself by giving myself this rest, right? So try it and do practice, 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 okay? Um, and then the next question I got, I thought I would share um, with all of y'all, was from someone that was new to listening and following along with us. And um, they asked, they said, I, I heard you refer to OBGYNs as bees. Why do OBGYNs like bees so much? And my answer to this question is... One that I definitely know the answer to, and that's because OBGYNs are the worker bees of medicine, okay? And for any of you out there that have ever studied bees or raised bees, you know, you know what that means. <laughs> for those that have not, I'm going to give you kind of an overview of what that means, okay? And, you know, what you need to know is like some basics about bees, okay? So, Honeybees specifically is what I enjoy learning about. Um, honeybees, they live in like a very complex society, especially just for a bug. Like it's just a bug, but this little bug is so amazing. <laughs> and like they have a whole society within their colony or within their hive. Um, and it's a, it's a matriarchal society, which is super interesting because there's a queen bee. We've all heard of like the queen bee and we like are like, yeah, well, can't I be the queen bee, right? <laughs> so queen bee is like the leader, but she basically functions as the leader and to reproduce so that the colony can, can grow or continue to live on, right? And then there are worker bees and drone bees, okay? Drone bees are males, and they pretty much serve no purpose except <laughs> to mate with the queen bee to keep the colony going, okay? Um, 
They don't actually do anything about like making honey or maintaining the hive. Their purpose uh, as these poor little males is to um, give some genetics to uh, the queen. Okay. And so, you know, it's so interesting because whenever the queen, the queen is the only bee that can reproduce um, with like, like fully reproduce. Okay. So she is the only one that has like full functioning like ovaries basically. And so she is the only one that produces other, other worker bees or other queen bees. Okay. And so the interesting part is that she only produces female bees, which I think is just crazy. I'm, I am, uh, I'm like a biochemist at heart. And so like, that's my prior life, I guess, prior to medicine. And so like that plus genetics is like, oh my gosh, like you guys got to look into bees if you like that kind of stuff. So, um, this is me like making it very simple. And so don't, don't overthink this y'all. Okay. Um, so, so queen bees, they, they reproduce to keep the colony going and they only make female bees, which are either, which are almost all worker bees. And then occasionally, you know, there will be, they will produce a queen bee, I guess. And so the worker bees are really where it's at within the colony. And while the worker bees can lay eggs as well, they're not fertilized eggs. So they develop, those unfertilized eggs actually develop into the drones, the males, okay? And so it's, it's just crazy to, to think about this. So the queen bee makes the workers and the workers make the drones to mate with her. And while the, the queen bee and the drones exist only to reproduce, essentially, the worker bees have like this whole society <laughs> under the queen. Okay. And they have many, many jobs that are like well studied and well observed, like that they serve and they will actually serve each and every one of these jobs usually. Okay. So they'll do all the jobs in their little lifespan and they have a fairly short lifespan. It's like a month or two. Okay. So on average, they only live for a couple months or less, <laughs> but during that short time, they have very specific roles depending on how old they are. And so like they've studied, like if they're X amount of days old, then oftentimes they will perform, you know, uh, these functions, they'll perform these functions. And so they serve as all kinds of different roles. Like there's some that will serve as cleaners of the hive. They'll clean out all the um, the little cells uh, where the eggs are laid. So they'll clean them out and the, the queen bee will actually come and check their work. And if it's not good enough, they will clean and clean and clean until they are clean enough to be used to lay eggs in again by the queen. And so it's so interesting, you know, so so they, they clean out and make room for, for more eggs to be laid. They work as nurse bees where they... Um, they feed the larva and the young drones that can't feed themselves yet. They like nurse all the, the young ones, right? Um, they, they function as bees that tend to the queen bee, right? Like they, they feed her, they groom her, they spread her messages um, via her pheromones throughout the, the hive to communicate, right? Um, they can serve functions to build the, hon the honeycomb, right? They store pollen for later. Um, they organize the pollen. <laughs> I had no idea that they did all this stuff. Um, they store it for later in a very specific way so it doesn't go rancid. And they, they act as mortuary bees, 
at, at some point and they will actually kind of clear away other bees that have died or larvae that didn't develop and they do this you know to to make room for more bees to be put you know more little eggs uh, to be put in the cells of the honeycomb or I guess of the comb, or I don't know. I don't know how that part works, but they'll, <laughs> maybe it's not the same, in the in the egg cells, that's what they call them, I guess. And they'll, they'll clear that away and so the disease doesn't develop within the colony. And there's another couple uh, types of jobs that they have that are super interesting. I just think there are some of them that will um, fan the, the whole hive to maintain the temperature at the right temperature for the larvae to develop, I guess. And so they'll fan to like move air and to keep it at the perfect temperature so it doesn't overheat. And then if it if they're at risk of overheating, then there'll be these little water carrier bees. They'll go get droplets of water and they'll put them throughout the hive or they'll put them on the fanning bees that are like fanning their little wings. They'll put the little droplets on that bee's back and they like make that little bee a little air conditioner. Like It's just crazy. Like they they work together to to create an air conditioning system for their hive. Um, and so I, I, I think that they're just amazing. They'll, sometimes they'll act as guards to prevent like other um, insects like wasps and stuff from getting into the hive. Um, and, you know, sometimes they will function as, um, as like a, a forager, right? So they're out foraging for the nectar for the pollen. Um, and that's usually like at the end of their life or the last half of their life, I think, um, they will essentially just fly sun up to sundown all day, every day, miles, miles of flying, um, for these little tiny bees. And they will do that and bring the, the nectar and the pollen back to the hive. And so, you know, what worker bees do is they have so many roles, <laughs> they have so many jobs and they just do it tirelessly. And they are so, so important to our ecosystem, to our planet, to um, everything that exists essentially as pollinators. So, you know, I think that there is just something to be said about worker bees just tirelessly taking care of all the things that need to be done, just like we do, right? And so I think of this because it is not uncommon for me um, to be interacting with an OBGYN, either coaching or just chatting, and to be talking about all the things that are on their plate. And you know, it's not uncommon for us to be a part of like, you know, several committees and have leadership roles and have a full clinic schedule and take call regularly, you know, uh, a time or two a week, sometimes even. Um, it's not uncommon to also be juggling um, community involvement or religious organizations, to be taking care of the house, to be doing all the things that are required to, to rear children. Um, and that, that sounds pretty normal to, to probably everybody out there listening, right? Like to be doing all of these things and then working a, a lot of hours, staying up all night sometimes, right? Um, or maybe staying up a lot, you know? And I'm not saying that, you know, doing all of those things is bad. It's actually really, really amazing just how much shit we juggle and how much shit we actually get done 
I, I revel in that sometimes. I'm amazed at how much an OBGYN can get done and how, how easy they make it look, right? We just, you know, put our heads down and get shit done, right? But at the same time, we, we secretly know how hard it is. Whether we're saying it's hard or not, we secretly know that. And this usually shows up like, you know, with, with comments that I hear often like, well, you know, my, my extended family, like they just have no idea what I do. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, I feel like they probably don't, right? And we don't tell them. We don't, you know, uh, unless we're like exploding on someone, like you have no idea what I do every day, <laughs> right? And so, you know, they don't, they don't, you know, and that's okay uh, because the other worker bees here, we know what you do. <laughs> we, we see you, girl. And so, you know, even even in the, the doctor's lounge or amongst other specialties, you know, you can walk in the doctor's lounge and we know walking in there with certainty that there are probably several people there that, you know, don't quite understand what our lives are like between, you know, the ER and L&D and surgery and clinic and call and home <laughs> and all the other things, the committees and, you know, if you're involved in the community, all the things, right? And so, you know, we, we know for damn sure that other people in our life may not know what that is like. And, you know, maybe, maybe it's because they're not, they're not worker bees, right? They may be in the hive, but they aren't the worker bees, okay? Um, and so they may not know all the hats we wear or even recognize all the hats we wear or all the jobs we do. And, you know, it, it's it's impressive what we do. You know, we take call. We're up all night. We go to clinic the next day. Then after clinic, we take our kids to t-ball practice, come home, go through the whole dinner and bedtime routine. And then maybe we log on to our EMR so we can do notes until bedtime. And it's, it's a lot, y'all. Like what we do is a lot. Like we work holidays, we work special days. You know, how many times have you taken a separate car to some event in case you get paged, you know, like in case you get paged in the middle of the dance recital, right? Because babies don't ever wait until the end of the dance recital. <laughs> and sometimes even miss out on these special events or these holidays altogether. And I know that we, we try and make the best of it. We put our heads down and we, you know, think about like the amazing things we're doing and, um, you know, try to work hard and just get through that. We often sometimes have thoughts, though, that help us get through that, and they seem helpful at the time, and they I think they do help us get through um, the work that needs to be done immediately, and they're usually thoughts about the future that help motivate us, thoughts like, like it'll get better once the kids are older. I hear that one a lot. <laughs> or like, I, I can cut back once I get these loans paid off, then it'll be better. Or... Like once something else happens with our EMR, like once we change to Epic, <laughs> once we no longer have Epic, you know, like whatever it is, <laughs> we always think that the grass is going to be greener on that other side after that thing in the future has happened. And maybe it's like once I, you know, stop taking call and I go GYN only, then it'll get better. Once I get through this week so I can go on vacation, then I'll be better. Once I retire then I, I can finally rest, then it'll be better, right? 
So I think that we we find, you know, I find that we often use thoughts like this to push through, to keep working, to just go, 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 because they kind of help us keep our eyes on the prize, so to speak, right? They help us kind of keep up with the rate at which we're exhausting ourselves, essentially. <laughs> and I think they're helpful in that moment, but I want you to start recognizing if you have those, because I think that thoughts like this essentially prevent us or block us from acknowledging how we really feel because we are the worker bees of medicine. We have the job to do. We just have to put our heads down and get this shit done. And the thoughts like these help us keep going, but they also help us from acknowledging just how hard it is to do all these things and how hard it is to juggle these things and how exhausting it can be. And so I, I just want you to know that, that like, I see you. Okay. I know you are an amazing worker. Each and every one of you out there that is listening to this is a hundred percent underrecognized and underappreciated. Like I know that because there is not someone shouting praise from the rooftops, uh, every single day for all the amazing things you're doing for this world. I know that because that's what you deserve for everything that you're doing out there you deserve to have your praises like shouted, screamed every day. Um, because I, I don't know if you realize this, like you are so vital to the world of medicine and just to the world of humans in what you do. And what you do is amazing. And I don't, I think that we don't often pause to realize, um, you know, in that process, just how amazing what we do is, but also how much of ourselves we are giving to other people. Okay. And I'm not saying you need to stop doing that. I'm not saying that. Okay. We are the givers. We give our time, our knowledge, our attention. We give our energy. We give our effort. We give the very best that we have. We give our best job, our best effort, our best energy. We give the best of ourselves to everybody right? And just like the worker bee, you know, not only do you help new life come into the world, but you keep the world running. You really do. You guys are badasses. Every single one of you out there. And, you know, the, the trouble that I see with this is that just like the worker bees, our numbers are on the decline, okay? For, for some unknown reason, or maybe we know now that it's pesticides and all kinds of stuff, all uh, lots of factors. But, you know, for some crazy reason, the, the bee population is dwindling. And I read some statistic the other day that was saying that 40% of, like, American beekeepers' honeybees just, like, disappeared in 27 to, 2017 to 2018. So a few years back, almost half, like 40% of the bees died and we don't really exactly know why and on that same note and I think this is why I hold bees super close to my heart is like okay but what about us okay I love the bees but like also I care about us OBGYNs us bees because it's kind of the same numbers y'all okay OBGYNs are leaving medicine in huge numbers. 
you know, there's a, a statistic out that I've quoted here several times. 40% of female physicians go part-time or leave medicine entirely within the first six years of practice. So within the first six years of being out of residency, 40% cut back to part-time or leave entirely. And that's of female physicians, but 85% of graduating OBGYNs are female, right? At least that, that was the number a couple of years ago. We, we know that, that some of this is, is, if not all of it, is burnout, okay? Women take more time per patient because we are expected to by the society that we live in, okay? Women spend more time communicating to staff and to patients. Women spend more time documenting in EMRs, okay, because of all that communication, and we also, so more is expected of us at work, whether that expectation is actually laid out, probably not. It is a social expectation that we continue to follow, okay? Um, and at the same time, as women physicians, we are also usually doing the majority of child care, household care, um, things that are, are going on at home. And so it makes sense that female docs are more likely to be burnt out right? 63% of female physicians are reporting that they're burnt out. And, you know, I think the, the number of total OBGYNs reporting burnout is lower because I'm assuming that a few men are factored in there. Okay. So I'm just going to assume that, you know, two thirds of us <laughs> pretty much are burnt out out there. And this is a huge problem, y'all. Like no matter which worker bee we are talking about, it is a problem that our numbers are dwindling, okay? It doesn't matter if we're talking about the insect or talking about the OBGYN bees, okay? And while I don't know what it's going to take to solve the honeybee problem, I do know what it takes to solve the burnout bee problem. It, it takes being very intentional, and it takes learning to set boundaries in a way that is kind for yourself. We are used to setting boundaries, for for things that is not in a kind way okay or that is in a way that is self-deprecating okay like yeah like i'm not going to eat carbs for the next month because these scrubs are too tight because i'm such a fatty right like that's usually how we're setting boundaries <laughs> is like is like being mean to ourselves it takes you know so it, it takes that it takes learning to um uh, examine why we treat ourselves as though we do not require the same amount of rest as a normal human being. Okay. We have this kind of belief that we don't, we don't need as much rest. It doesn't take as much. I'm used to it now, but the way your body is functioning, that is not true. <laughs> okay. You have, you're not like an X-Man superpower person, right? Um, even though it may feel like you are, you are a superhero, no doubt, but you do not have like some mutant gene that makes you, you know, immune to oxidative stress on your body. <laughs> it takes learning to put ourselves at the top of our priorities. That means like before patients, before our family. And some of you are like, Ooh, whenever I say that, like, Oh no, that's, that can't, that's not who I am right? But that's what it takes. That's what it takes, y'all. It takes learning to say no without a bunch of qualifiers added on to like soften some sort of blow that you think that no is resembling, okay? No is a complete sentence. No, 
<laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to add all this stuff like, oh, well, no, I can't because so that they aren't, you know, upset with you. You can, you can say it in a nice way, like, hey, I'll have to check my calendar um, or no, I'm not able to, to put that on my calendar right now. If that makes you feel better, you can totally do that. Have a script, you know, <laughs> that's okay. It takes a lot of, you know, uh, being open to try things because our, our scientific brains are very like hardwired to be like logical and methodical, okay? It, it can seem sometimes whenever I'm talking about all this stuff that, oh, that's kind of woo-woo. That's like, I don't know, out there. That's not science. That's not medicine type stuff. But let me tell you this. The stuff that I talk about here, coaching, I, uh, whenever I'm talking to you guys, we are coaching, okay? Coaching is evidence-based. <laughs> I've got, uh, you can go check out on my website, click around somewhere. Um, I've got... Um, published randomized control trials like there are there's evidence it's been in JAMA you know so it's like legit y'all um this stuff is not just woo woo <laughs> that's what I used to think it was too <laughs> don't tell my coach that oh my gosh I thought it was woo woo for the first I don't know how many months <laughs> it takes to solve this problem for the burnt out bees it takes acknowledging your feelings Okay. Instead of just stuffing your feelings down all the time, it, it, it takes actually acknowledging that you have them and allowing them and then learning to process them in a way that is healthy. <laughs> we are not taught that. We're definitely not taught that in med school. You don't feel right. That's what we're taught. Don't feel. It takes the courage to say, this isn't really how I pictured this. This isn't how I pictured my life being. It takes that courage to say, I, I wish that I could enjoy my life a little bit more instead of just working so much, right? It takes the vulnerability and being honest with yourself about what you really want in life. It takes knowing that you deserve to enjoy, you know, uh, your life just as much as, you know, you deserve to, to choose to help others, but you deserve care and you deserve uh, a good life just as much as those that you care for. It takes having the strength to acknowledge that even though we are physicians, that we are neither perfect <laughs> nor are we in control because we are human. It takes acknowledging that and accepting that that we are not perfect and we are not in control because we are human. And it also takes accepting that that being a human, we are worthy and valuable as is without having to accomplish anything else, without having to do anything extra. We are worthy and valuable and lovable. Okay. It takes the persistence and grit to keep caring for ourselves, even when so much is being asked of us. Okay. Caring for ourselves doesn't have to be a time-consuming thing, okay? It takes a little check-in with yourself every day for a few minutes, maybe for even less than that. Just a little check-in with yourself. It takes learning to grieve, learning to feel sad, learning to process our anger in ways that help us move forward instead of the ways that keep us stuck, 
and above all, it takes, it takes love for yourself. It takes realizing like, I am just as important, if not more important than everyone else out there. And that's a hard thing for us to believe uh, could be true, I think, as physicians. It doesn't feel true. It doesn't feel true. We are so used to putting others before ourselves, which is so, so noble and so, you know, kind. And we, we do it in the name of love for other people usually, but love would want us to, to love ourselves as well. And so I want you to start pondering that that is, it's possible that that could, that, that could be true, right? It is possible that you are just as important, if not more important than those that you care for. And most of these things we have to learn to do, right? I know that it takes that because I had to learn to do all these things. I, I know that it's not, it's, it's like simple, but not easy. You know, I say that all the time. It's, it's not like it's hard. We're really good at doing hard things, (laughs) but it's, it's, it's definitely not easy either, right? It's not, it's not something that we are used to doing, right? It's not something we've, you know, been taught that we were sat down in med school and taught like how to process your feelings and emotions 101. Like we were never taught that, right? We were just like taught from messages over and over and over. Don't have feelings, don't have emotions, right? So most of these things we have to learn to do because we haven't learned them before and that's okay. Like we are good at learning. We're, we're the smart kids. <laughs> I know that you, you gifted and talented uh, kids out there are listening. <laughs> we know how to learn. And I know exactly what it takes because that's what I, I help guide other OBGYNs to learn in the, in the Happy Gynecologist coaching group, right? These are the things that we learn. Because as bees, we deserve to be empowered, to step up and save ourselves from burnout. Like we do not have to keep feeling this way and we can thrive despite medicine and all of its flaws despite you know how shitty the call system is or despite how terrible the EMR is we deserve to thrive and we can it is just a learning process (laughs) and it takes it takes you know being in a place where you're ready to grow um, as a person and as as someone that that is ready to to start caring for themselves, right? So if this resonates with you, or if if you would like to address your burnout or just up-level your badass life, definitely check out the coaching group, okay? Definitely check out Happy Gynecologist Group. Um, that's my coaching group. We go for six months. We have a lot of fun. We meet up every week. Lots of support. Lots of laughs. Um, as we go through all the hard topics and, you know, we're enrolling right now. So if you want to have a spot in this, um, you know, coming up soon, you're going to want to go get your spot now because the next time this is going to open, um, we are actually kind of restructuring some things, uh, within the coaching group. And so it's going to restructure so that the next group to enroll isn't going to be until the fall. Okay. So, uh, we will not have enrollment open until, the fall. So grab your spot now. If you're thinking, yeah, I've been thinking about considering that. I'm I'm kind of considering doing that. You know, it's now's the time or you have to wait until the fall. (laughs) This is your last warning for that. Okay. Um, so go, go check it out. You can go check it out on my website, coach-miles.com. 
um, forward slash happy tells you about the happy gynecologist group and enrollment is open until Sunday night. So Sunday, April 30th. Okay. And once, um, once the, the group fills, we are full cause it is a small group. Okay. So we don't take, you know, we don't take a whole bunch of people, um, every time we try and keep it a small intimate coaching group. So, um, so that being said, if the enrollment form is no longer on the website, as you listen to this, Sorry, friend. Um, we probably filled up, but shoot me an email if that's the case, okay? Shoot me an email and we'll get you on the list for the next group, okay? All right, friends. I want you I want you to start caring for yourself as, as a bee who um, deserves to be cared for. And I, I, you know, I'm so excited whenever it comes to talking about these bees and learning about, you know, little honeybees and stuff. But I want you to know that that my true excitement really does come from, you know, my major goal in life to help as many OBGYNs out there as possible. So if you have a friend who you think that this would resonate with, send them our way. Okay. I, I, um, I'm always here to, to, um, try and help as many OBGYNs as we can. So send your friends my way, um, to come listen to this podcast as well. So, all right, my friends, my worker bees out there, okay? Um, and if you're not an OBGYN, you can be an honorary worker bee with us if you would like. <laughs> we we honor you for being here as well. So, all right, friends, we will talk next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.